We're backstage at Invenium Data for Web 3.0. This is Sound DeFi, the podcast that delivers key insights from today's thought leaders on all things DeFi, blockchain, crypto, and private market asset data. Our guests this time are founder of Paredes Strategies, Troy Paredes, who was an SEC commissioner from 2008 to 2013, advises on financial regulation, compliance, risk management, corporate governance, and regulatory strategy, and co-hosts a podcast on fintech called Appetite for Disruption. Also, Todd Stevens, Global Head of Capital Markets and Corporate Development for Invenium. As a Global Head of Capital Markets and Corporate Development, primarily responsible for driving the firm's capital market strategy, managing marketing relationships with banking, as well as M&A execution for Invenium. Prior to joining Invenium, Todd Stevens was Global Head of Institutional Wealth Management at Deutsche Bank. Today, Todd hosted a panel that Todd Paredes and Lawrence Wintermeyer were part of. Lawrence, um, executive co-chair and guarantor of global digital finance. The bridge to the digital world, surety of data, and certification of process and price discovery. We start with our conversation with Troy Paredes. And uh, Trey, just first of all, just tell me a little bit about your thoughts on Invenium. Well, it's been great to have the chance to be connected to the company. They're doing a lot of really interesting work. And as I've often said, you know, when you think about markets, what's really important is some of the basic pillars. And one of those, of course, is information and the reliability of that information. Is credentialing data the most important part of the the future here? Well, you know, there's a lot of important aspects when it comes to information. It's such a broad, a broad question, but certainly one of the important aspects of markets and information is the reliability of that information so people can have confidence in the information upon which they're making decisions. You mentioned today the executive order being significant here. Kind of a, I guess, arms race does this start? You know, what do you expect the timeline to be from what was laid out in the executive order? Well, it depends on the timeline of what. Um, The fact of the matter is there's a lot of uh, work still to be done. Uh, There's a lot of reports that are called for in the executive order, and those will certainly take time for the agencies and the departments to put that work together and to be thoughtful, as I know they will be in their approach. And then, of course, the question is, is what comes next? So uh, I think one should be realistic in terms of one's expectations for overall timing. This is not the kind of thing that's going to be accomplished in months. There's a longer time period, as I've also uh, reminded marked before. The federal securities laws, for example, are not entirely done in terms of evolving and changing and being updated and refined. And so it is a long process, but I think one that the EO sets a very strong foundation for the work that needs to be done and that will be done going forward. So hopefully, and I'm optimistic about this, make sure we're on the right path. And uh, so, I mean, are you talking five years from now, this is going to be something that is sort of just, okay, this is life now in this space, the regulatory framework, five-year thing, a 10-year thing. Give me some sense of where you think this is going. Oh, I don't, I'm hesitant to put timeframes on these sorts of things. And I don't, as I said, I don't think everything is ever truly done in its entirety. So I think, I think some patience is, is called for. I think that the reports though, that come out of the executive order uh, will really make good progress on moving things forward, but there's going to continue to be a lot of work that's done in the years ahead, not just in the months ahead. What do you make of the significance of the executive order, you know, sort of laying out the benefits rather than the the roadblocks? 
Yeah, you know, look, I think that it is important to recognize the benefits. The executive order, appropriately so, identifies what some of the risks and the concerns are, and those are important to address uh, without question. But the recognition of the value of innovation, I think, is also critically important. And so I was quite pleased to see discussion and recognition of the, of the benefits uh, in the executive order. And to put that in a little bit different terms, if one thinks there are only costs, one, one will be less welcoming of a development, but one realize that while there may be risks, there are benefits to the development and to the innovation that we lose out on if we don't get the regulatory regime right. I think that puts us in, a, again, a good position to do the work and the analysis going forward to hopefully get to the right outcomes. Does the United States have a peer in this regard of global innovation here? Well, look, I think there's a lot of countries around the globe without question that look to take advantage and benefit from innovation. The U.S. is certainly not alone in looking to do that. But coming back to the point about the EO, I think the EO also has a recognition of the value of the technology to the U.S. and quite frankly, more broadly, to individuals, not just financial institutions as well. And again, I think that bodes well in terms of hopefully the path that, uh, that will get laid out as a result of the work under the uh, One of the questions you laid out that needs to be answered is, you know, for this space to thrive is do the assets exist? So talk a little bit about the process. And again, back to Invenium's model here and the patents here in uh, giving the market some assurance on that big question. Well, look, the big question of do the assets exist, it comes back to the question of custody, which has uh, been a focus of the regulators. And it was just to take that notion of custody and put it in very simple terms, which is from a regulatory perspective, from a marketplace perspective as well, the question of do the assets exist is a a key central question and drives a great deal of the regulatory interest and the regulatory regime we've seen, again, particularly when it comes to discussions around custody. I think one of the opportunities here as a general proposition is to take advantage and find ways to take advantage of the technology to help not only create new economic opportunities, new opportunities in the marketplace, but also to facilitate the a meeting of regulatory requirements. Technology is not just something that, be, that can be good in terms of in terms of new new ways to transact, in terms of new information people have access to, and the like, but can also play a, uh, an important uh, role in terms of advancing regulatory interests and regulatory objectives that underpin regulatory requirements. As someone that left the SEC in 2013, talk a little bit about the disruptive, you know, how excited you are about what this can do in a good way to disrupt the the status quo. Look, I'm, I'm a big proponent as a whole when it comes to technology and innovation. I think the history of the U.S., economic history, for example, of the U.S., outside of financial services, but including financial services, is one where innovation, the deployment of technology, has led to new opportunity, new economic opportunity. And what that has meant is that people's lives on the whole have been made better. So you never know for sure exactly how a technology is going to be deployed, but all the different applications are uh, blockchain or otherwise, but creating an environment where entrepreneurs and innovators have the opportunity to get the most out of what that technology affords, I think overall and over time uh, is a big reason why the U.S. has had the economic growth that it's enjoyed uh, over the years uh, and has been a big spur to making people's lives better. And I'm optimistic that blockchain will be part of that history. Todd? 
Yes. Any questions for uh, Troy before we let him go or Tom? Yeah, what I enjoyed is is the ability to uh, the, the peer question was was beautiful in terms of because we know regulations coming and we want it and we want there to be a global consistency if it's possible. So that ability to kind of have a, a like a thin layer, if you will, we we know nuanced. It's not going to be kind of like commas and semicolons in the same places. But uh, but I thought that was very useful. Last question I want to ask you, uh, Troy, is just uh, you know there seems to be a healthy amount of skepticism the bigger you are about this space. Why is that? Well, look, I think that one of the questions is always when you have new technology is how is it going to be deployed? Who is going to be deploying it? What are the opportunities? What are the challenges? So I personally like to think about it less in terms of, you know, bigger players or smaller players or this, that or the other, and think about there being a lot of different participants in the marketplace, some of which have not been heard of, some of which uh, have been heard of, some of which are new, some of which have been around for a long time that will have their take on the technology and what the promise is that it affords. I'll come back to kind of where we where we started, that the executive order is an opportunity to continue to move the thinking from a policy perspective, what that then translates into in terms of the regulatory regimes that are relevant and regulatory requirements that are particular so that all of that comes together and we're in a position to get the most out of what the technology can can promise. And, and again, I think it's it can't be overstated, hence my reason for underscoring it so much, the, the potential to make people's lives better, which strikes me is what this should be all about. So uh, Todd, just first of all, I guess a takeaway on the on the panel. I thought it was great. I think, um, I think just the recognition that that there is a bridge to the digital asset world. And what we try to do is define how, how wide it is and how long it is. And um, what are the key kind of like kind of guideposts along the way? And, and it was clear that regulation is a, is, a, is a key guidepost along the way. And then also getting institutional adoption and them leaning in is is, is key. But but also the, the recognition that, that there are some real issues in traditional finance that the digital world can help solve. And we, we touched on the topic of uh, decentralized finance and, and, the, and the yields that you can get from DeFi. And, and, and those are real. And the difference between traditional finance yields and, and, and DeFi yields is large enough that there will be a lot of focus that goes on to that. And, um, and then to Troy's point on custody, um, where the assets live, and then doing the KYC, the AML, there's the ingredients to make this bridge kind of very kind of like kind of known. Um, and, and we want it to be a, a global bridge where, where each of the, the on-ramps come from uh, each of the different countries and they're following and singing from the same song sheet. So, so I was very excited. I think, um, I think there's a, a lot of optimism. I think the, the executive order came at a perfect time to give us a, a nice little appetizer in for, for our conversation. But um, I think the bridge is, is, is becoming clearer each and every day. It's not often that an emerging industry says, please regulate us, but essentially this is going to be the arms race that that will begin as a result of getting some clarity in that regard to give people confidence in the space, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, mean, we we live by rule books. We're an obedient society, so we we need a rule book. And and without a rule book, you're you're just kind of like feeling your way in the dark and and you you might be right, but you might come back and be wrong. And and we've... We've, we've seen that like we don't want to be held accountable for, for a different hygiene standard because we adopted a different route. So, so the, the industry is just begging for, for kind of a rule book. Um, they want it to be a sensible rule book. They don't want it to be 
everything's a security rule book. But, um, and, and like Troy mentioned, I mean, regulation's trying to keep up. I mean, they're, they're really trying to evolve on just traditional rails. And so they have a lot of work to do. And then you have all the technological innovation happening in decentralized land. And it's, it's a tough job for the regulators. So I think people give them credit for their, their kind of like ability to keep up. Um, and, but it's important. And so, um, I think to a, to a T, people want more clarity. We don't necessarily want more regulation. We want more clarity, and that typically will come from regulation. A timeline question for you as well. Uh, you know, how long, how wide is the bridge? Uh, my question is, uh, you know, what kind of timeline before it's built? It's getting built every day. Um, there's pieces of it that's getting built every day, and, and then there's some people that are driving fast down the thin middle lane of it already. Maybe they're taking more risk than others, but um, but it's 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 getting built out every single day, and it's hard to put a time frame on when it's going to be like that kind of like fail safe bridge that everyone recognizes. So I mean, it'll be years before we get to the global trading private market assets. Maybe only two years uh, that Pat mentions the twenty four seven three six five, but it's coming. It's it's very clear in most people's mind at this conference and uh, many people in the community that there will be global trading of assets on digital rails. And that'll be crypto, could be public assets, it could be private market assets. So hard to put a time frame on it, but it's, it's, it's getting built more and more each and every day. Talk about Invenium's role in that. Yeah, so we want to be a catalyst. We think we have a leading role where we can bring enterprises to the blockchain via our valuation product, our proof of process product, which is a waterfall product. We think we we put enterprises on the doorstep of tokenization and on that pathway to liquidity. So we think we play a pretty important role. So we spend a lot of time thinking about the ecosystem around that can help drive that global trading and and, and, and try to work with the players, the best players in, in the industry um, along that pathway to liquidity and make sure that we're adopting similar standards and we're interoperable because we, we think uh, interoperability is the key. We think private blockchains are, are um, like the intranet and uh, public blockchains are like the internet. And we know what happened to intranets. They were cool for a while and then they just fizzled. So um, yeah, we, we play an accelerant role. We want to be an enabler. We want to help bring it a lot quicker than it would otherwise um, arrive. And besides the regulatory roadblock, what, what other barriers are there to this vision taking off? I, I think it's institutional adoption. I mean, I think we need the big money pockets to adopt and they need to lean in. And for them to lean in, they 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 need some clarity, which comes from regulation and also comes from their some of their peers coming together and saying, yeah, these are the standards that we're going to follow. And, and so there'll be a lot of pattern recognition from traditional world to digital world. And then people will jump over. There'll be leaders and there'll be laggards. But, but what, what's important is that, that middle lump of people coming over. So institutional adoption is, is critical. I mean, it's been beautiful that this has been one financial revolution that's been led by retail, which is great. Like Troy talked about the democratization of, of finance. It's retail that's led this. And they've had a lot of the early gains, which is beautiful. And then the institutions are going to follow it and, and just make it more kind of galvanized. What gives you hope as far as the institutional adoption of this? Uh, who, who's, who do you see as on the leading edge? Some of the signs you're seeing right now. I mean, I mean it's, it's happening every day. I mean, Pat mentioned Nuveen has a, has a target to have all their assets trading digitally in, in by 2030. There's going to be people 
people that lean forward. The, the beauty of what Invidium does to tie this in is every client we talk to uh, that we work on our valuation as a service, we think valuation is going to be a killer app for blockchain. Like we don't actually mention blockchain in our sales process. We don't have to mention it, but then they anchor to a blockchain. So they're, they're making steps that they are actually adopting and using it. And psychologically for big institutions, that's important because they can go back to their committees and say, yeah, we've been anchoring data to blockchain for six months. And then like, oh, okay. And the assets didn't go away or nothing crazy happened. No, it, it provided a lot of value. And these are the benefits it provided. So there's a lot of leaders that are emerging and it, it's, it's going to come faster than most people think. What is your um, hope for this conference? When we're done, what will be the most important thing that will come from it? Well, I mean, I just hope for awareness and, and, and really people really kind of thinking that like the, the global trading of assets on digital kind of like platforms is going to be a reality. And, and then we can maybe get some agreement on kind of like some of the different lanes and, and, and what's needed for everyone in the community to play a role to help accelerate that because it, it's not going to come by royal decree. It's going to come by bottoms up community like the people at this conference working together to build this. And so if, if we can leave and put a few more bricks into that bridge, that's success. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Backstage at Invenium Miami, Data 3.0, Web 3.0. This is Sound DeFi, the podcast that delivers key insights from thought leaders on all things DeFi, blockchain, crypto, and private market asset data. Thanks for listening.